This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Terawan Saranayind and welcome to today's program. I hope your week has gone well and happily. In our description of the Buddhist path to enlightenment, we've arrived at the end of it all and the epitome of Buddha's teachings, selflessness, or in Mahayana terms, emptiness. Over the last few weeks, we've been explaining what this means, and in particular, we've said that it does not mean non-existence. What it does mean is that things and people exist in a way different from the way that we see them. As a consequence, and based on this wrong view, we develop emotional reactions which influence and condition our minds. This conditioning is the ground for our future experiences and determines whether they will be happy or not. We call that karma. Once we eliminate the wrong view of how things exist, we stop the emotional reactions, which in turn puts paid to creating karma, and so we no longer have the basis for suffering. It sounds easy, doesn't it? Just change your outlook and you'll be free and at peace. If only it were so easy. Unfortunately, it takes a lot of intense work on our minds to change habits that we've been reinforcing over many, many lifetimes. So, as easy as it is to say, just change your mind, it's much harder to do. In previous programs, we've gone through some of the meditations that we can use to develop on the path to enlightenment, and I hope that those who listen to the program regularly, if there are any, will have some idea of them and have benefited from them. As we've already looked at the selflessness of person, today we're going to talk about a couple of ways to prove the selflessness of phenomena. If you were listening last week, you will remember that we went through some examples of how things do not have inherent existence, but are instead dependent arisings. They exist only in dependence on other things. For instance, following Geshe Loden's book The Path to Enlightenment in Tibetan Buddhism, we saw that nothing is short unless it can be compared to something taller. The same is true for big and small, good and bad, and so on. Our body depends on food, drink, air, temperature and so on, while our environment is dependent on the sun, the wind, rain and so on. It amazes me that people can think that human activity does not impact on the environment and climate change. Everything is interdependent and so of course we influence the way that the planet evolves. Anyway, we took the sea as an example and saw how it depended on the atoms that make up the water molecules, on rivers, rain, clouds and sun and so on. Bring all those together and we can label the great expanse of water ocean, but no inherently dependent ocean exists in any of it. We also saw how New Zealand is dependent on the land, its flora and fauna, the people, government, laws and so on. New Zealand is not some independent, inherently existing country at the bottom of the world. Perhaps most important of all in terms of philosophy, lack of inherent existence or emptiness is itself a dependent arising and does not exist like some independent eternal substratum of existence. 
We can only talk about the lack of inherent in existence of a dog if there's a dog in the first place. How can we have a lack of inherent existence of something if it doesn't exist at all? Even talking about such a thing would be nonsensical, like the lack of inherent existence of a Jabberwocky. In fact, the emptiness of something depends on the thing not being independent, for if it was independent, it would not be influenced by anything else and so would not change. It would then have its own existence not related to anything else and would obviously not be empty, nor could it function, for function means change. Everything is dependent, even a Buddha. For how could anybody become a Buddha if they didn't depend on the path to get there? Everything is interdependent, as Geshe Lodin says. Without knowing dependent arising, you cannot know emptiness. The king of reasons supporting emptiness is that all phenomena are empty of inherent existence because they are dependent arisings. It is therefore very important to recognize the dependent nature of all things. After going through dependent arisings last week, we went on to talk about the emptiness of things other than persons, things like the body, for instance. Where is the body, apart from the four limbs, the head, the trunk or flesh, blood, various organs, bones, nerves, DNA, all the atoms that make the body up? No matter how deeply we look into our body, we cannot find something independent and existing inherently as a body. It's just a combination of causes, conditions and parts, which the mind labels body. The more you search for a body amongst its parts, says Geshe Lodin, the more elusive it becomes. It is an emptiness and has no inherent existence. And everything exists in the same way. The mind is a continuum of past, present and future instances of consciousness and could not exist if the present moment of consciousness did not depend on the past one and be the cause for the next one. If the present moment did not depend on past moments, how would we be able to remember or think? And how could we attain enlightenment? Now, before we go into the ways of meditating on emptiness of phenomena, let's set our motivation for the program as we usually do. Remember, the greatest motivation is to attain enlightenment not only for our own benefit, but to be of the greatest benefit we can to all others as well. So let's make that our motivation for today. Thank you. Now when meditating on the emptiness of phenomena, we use the same kind of reasoning as we used for finding the emptiness of persons. First we determine the object of negation. That means something that appears independent and inherently existing. Then we determine the pervasion which means discovering all the ways that such an inherently existing independent thing could exist in relation to its parts. As in the meditation on the emptiness of person, we can find only two viable ways for an inherently existing object to relate to its parts, as inherently one with the parts or inherently separate from the parts. Of course, you could say such an object could also exist both inherently one with and separate from the parts, or inherently neither one with nor separate from the parts. But both these options are so obviously ludicrous that we can discard them right away. The third step is to see what happens if an object is inherently one with its parts, whether the results of such a relationship hold up or not.
and if not, the fourth step examines the ramifications of an an object existing inherently separate from its parts. If neither of these two can stand up to analysis, we can only deduce that the object cannot exist inherently at all. Let's do a meditation on these points as an example of what I'm talking about. Sit comfortably and concentrate on your breath, letting the thoughts come and go without being caught up in them. think of a page of writing, say a page from a book. Without analyzing, how does the page appear to you? It appears just as an independent page with its own unique existence, doesn't it? Not depending on anything. Make sure that you understand how the page appears to you without any analysis of how it exists.
Now, if it did exist independently as you grasp it, it would have to exist inherently one with its parts, that's the paper, the ink and writing and so on, or it would have to exist inherently different from the parts. See if you can find any other viable way that the page and its various parts could exist. Now, if the page exists inherently one with its parts, the page would have to be the writing. It would have to be the paper. It would have to be the ink. But it's not any of these. Also, because the page is only one thing, the parts would also have to be one thing. But it's not so. The parts, that is the paper, ink, writing and so on, are many. Similarly, because there are many parts, if the page and the parts were inherently one, the page would also have to be many. But according to our experience, only one page exists. So these two, the page and its parts, are not inherently the same. Also, if the page and its parts were inherently one, it would be senseless to differentiate between the page and its parts, for one would just be a synonym for the other. Also, if the page and the parts were inherently one, erasing the writing would necessarily erase the page, which is nonsense. Consider these absurdities for a moment to see that the page and its parts cannot be inherently one.
Now, if the page and its parts were inherently different, there would be no connection between them, and you could not say that the writing appeared on the page. You could not say, go to page number so-and-so, because the number would be inherently different from the page. Also, if the two were inherently different, we should be able to point to the page separate from its parts, but we cannot. page is not inherently the same as the parts, nor is it inherently different from the parts. These are the only two ways that the page of writing could viably exist if it was inherently existent as we grasped it. Therefore the page cannot exist inherently. It must exist as a dependent arising, dependent on the paper, the ink, the writing and so on.
Okay, please now stop meditating. If you got any sense that the page didn't exist at all in this meditation, you would be coming to the wrong conclusion. Although we couldn't find a page separate from its parts, it doesn't mean that the page doesn't exist. It means that the page exists dependent on its parts and all the causes and conditions that formed the parts and brought them together. Because of depending on all of those, we can read the page, turn it into a book, and even delete the writing on the page. In other words, the page serves a function and can be used. If the page was an independent entity as we grasped at it, we wouldn't be able to do any of those things, because doing so would change its inherent existence. The correct conclusion to this sort of meditation is that the page exists as a dependent arising. It exists depending on all the causes, conditions and parts that form it, but does not exist independently and inherently as we see it. We can extend this type of reasoning to every phenomenon. A Mercedes-Benz, for instance, is not the sleek, shiny vehicle we see, but just one example of a process that started with a big bang and went through various transformations until causes and conditions formed the thing we drive around in today. From moment to moment, it is transforming, and one day it will be something else entirely. Now time is up and we must go. Thanks once again for joining us on the program, and please do so again next week. Until we meet again, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/slash Free FM eighty nine to find out more.